Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. From the ragged heart of the Rust Belt, this is Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. Hi. Hello. Welcome to uh, Great Lakes Confidential. Thank you. It's been a while since I've been here. I know. Welcome back. Thank this you. This is uh, Great Lakes Confidential with Angie and Marty. He yeah. Is, he is here. Hi. In studio. In studio. I.E. our living room. The brand new studio we built. <laughs> so, welcome back. Glad to have you. Thank you. Um, Happy New Year. Happy our- New Year to you and Merry Christmas. Yeah. And this Christmas. Yeah. You've. I think you missed like three shows. Probably. Speaking of you missing three shows, I do want to say thank you to our friends who jumped in uh, while you were, you know, gone on your little little break. We had Lauren who came and talked about the Masonic Temple. We had Mike who taught us about Big Beaver Road Exit in Troy, Michigan, and then Amanda told us last week about Pear Shaney Shanae. Thank you. I always say that thank wrong. Thank you, Lauren, Mike, and. And Amanda, yeah, yeah, Amanda. yeah so. it was it was really cool. So, if you've not listened to those episodes yet, uh, you should probably go ahead and do that. But yeah, it was really fun to have have some different people, and and they really took the reins. I didn't have to look anything up. I just sat there and smiled and nodded, and it was wonderful. So yeah. I liked it. Well, thank you guys very much for filling in and doing yeah. that, and adding to the the lore of the Great Lakes. Love it. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about something that's kind of silly. Well, eh, I don't know. Some of the stories are a little silly. Some of them are not so silly. But somebody shared a story on Facebook a couple of weeks ago about a pizza funeral in Michigan. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be fun to see what other strange funerals or burials have taken place here. And I found some pretty interesting stories, which isn't really easy to do because if you type in the word burials in the Google search, it's usually like funeral homes and mm-hmm. things like that. So it, it's kind of difficult to, to find stuff unless you know what you're looking for, which I did not. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we're going to we're going to try to get through this couple little. I think I have four very short little stories, I guess, mm-hmm. about interesting funerals and burials. Okay, that that's cool because now I'm interested in this pizza funeral. Yeah, so the Great Michigan Pizza Funeral 
happened on March 5th of 1973 in Osaniki, Michigan. Osanique? Osanique. Yeah. So, side note, I looked up how to pronounce that, and mm-hmm. there's like four different pronunciations, and I was just like, I don't know. So, gave it a shot. Thank Anyways. you. I'm just going back to the old... Uh, <laughs> The old days of doing a traffic broadcast for the AAA network. And oh, there to, you go. Uh, you know, learn a bunch of these because uh, they'd get pissed Yeah. if you were broadcasting. You know, at the time, you know, I'm not living in Escanaba. I'm broadcasting out of Dearborn, but I got to pronounce all the names correctly. Right. Lest they know I'm in Dearborn. There anyway. I And I, you know, I mm-hmm. take great pride in being able to pronounce very difficult words, but this one is just mm-hmm. not one. And I've literally never heard of this place, even though I'm a lifelong Michigander, which yeah. is kind of a shame. Well, it is fun, you know, trying to learn how to say, like, Antanagan and stuff yes. like that when you first look at those words. Like, yeah. Antagonon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here in Antagonon, Michigan, the snow trails are packed. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So, right. yeah, you got you to gotta get those words right. Yes. So in Osanique, Michigan, March 5th, 1973, over 29,000 frozen Michigan and cheese pizzas were ceremoniously disposed of because botulism was found in the canned mushrooms during initial testing. Botulism is the big bad one, too. It is no good. No, that's the one you want to avoid. That's like the anthrax of food poisoning. It is. Yeah. Not a good not a good situation. Mm Mm-mm. So the Food and Drug Administration had ordered that the pizzas be recalled. So manufacturer Mario Fabrini decided to dump them into an 18-foot deep hole in the ground while a crowd of a couple hundred onlookers watched. Yeah, what was the brand of this pizza? Well, he's not around anymore. Fabrini was the, was the guy's name mm-hmm. that you know ran ran the company or whatever. Uh, but the Michigan, the governor of Michigan at the time, which was it's William Pizza. William, Milliken. William Milliken, attended the funeral and he gave a homily on the subject of courage in the face of tragedy. Wow. Fabrini placed a wreath of red gladioli and white carnations, possibly representing pizza sauce and cheese on the grave, which contained the frozen pizzas still wrapped in plastic cellophane, uh, not great for the environment. No, but neither is pizzas loaded with botulism good for putting it that close to the water table. Probably not. You know? Yeah. He also cooked pizzas on site for those attending the funeral. Tests done later revealed that the mushrooms were not contaminated. Oh. Wah, wah. Did they get him for murder then? And <laughs> no. And Fabrini sued his suppliers for $1 million. The case was settled in the Michigan Court of Appeals for 211000 And then in the early 80s, Fabrini closed his pizza business and sold his assets for, drum roll please. A sushi business. $5,000. 5000 bucks. Yeah. 5000 bucks, and you're out of the pizza game forever. <laughs> Fabrini, get into the sushi game. How about Fabrini Sashimi? Let's Ooh, do it. That's nice. Yeah. Get some of that Great Lake sushi. We got some rain, some uh, Escanaba rolls. It's uh, <laughs> it's rainbow trout with poutine, and it just rolled together. None of this sounds. <laughs> that sounds super gross. I'd eat it. Yeah, I know you would. It's a pasty inside a tuna. It's uh, gross. We call it the uh, <laughs> don't get kiwana roll. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, the next story. This is this is very short, but it's so funny to me. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this happened in December of 1996. A rooster was left outside during a snowstorm, and his feet were frozen beyond repair. Oh, that's horrible. Sort of. 
And you think of. the story's funny. <laughs> well, this this little guy was befriended by Tim England, who's a local vet, and he named the chicken Mr. Rooster. Oh, good. Tim had a physical therapist make Mr. Rooster acrylic legs and feet that fit snugly over his stumps. Nice. Acrylic, too. Yeah. Like, nice and colorful. and. <laughs> Six months later. In... Girl, look at those nails. Hey, girl. They're acrylics. <laughs> Six months later, in June of 1997, Mr. Rooster was mauled to death possibly by a raccoon, while trying to protect the hens in his pen. Oh, no. This is about burials. Yeah, he didn't you get the- You had to uh, know that this was going to happen. That he's trying to fight off this raccoon with acrylics. <laughs> Should have given him switchblade legs at this point. <laughs> he, swap out the attachments at night. Switchblade legs. Yeah. <laughs> like a comb, like yeah. those old switchblade combs. Okay. Well, he died with his acrylic legs and feet. Died with his boots on. And was buried the same way in Jackson, Michigan. What a hero. So I might be going to Jackson in February for a show. Put a flag on his grave. Well, I might try to find the headstone. Just kind of check it out. Take a few photos. Here lies Mr. Rooster. (laughs) Isn't that a crazy? So I found that one on like. He's a deal. If you want a a three-piece deal. (laughs) Your wings, thighs, and breasts from Mr. Rooster. I found that story on... Um, Three Piece and a Biscuit. Oh, my God. I, I found that story on uh, Roadside America. Like, it's yeah. a roadside attraction for the state of Michigan. Now, do they say where where's, like the, the little grave is? They give the location? They may have, but I didn't jot it down because, you know, I am i don't want to send people. I, I don't know right. where I, I don't want to send Some people. Some private property. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. stay away from my grave. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. my Mr. Rooster grave. But it is on Roadside America, so yeah. you may be able to find it fairly easily. Now, is there any sort of tribute to this guy? Like a giant statue over the grave? No, but there's the photo of the headstone. Robocock? Like there's an actual... Sorry. Wow. All right, moving along. Yeah, get your mind out the gutter. That's what you call a, <laughs> a male I know. chicken. Anyways. Or a rooster. I want to see... I Like, I wish... I wonder if there's video anywhere of this rooster with the acrylic legs, like, running through the... Like they look like Oscar Pistorius is running uh, oh running God. blades. What oh what is God. going on? Is this me? That's probably me. I said Oscar Pistorius running blades in oh case they dropped boy. out. All right, the next story. It's rooster jumping on top of its own, <laughs> like just jumping over fences with his big spring legs. Can you imagine? Wow, yeah. It'd be terrifying. Heck yeah, it would My be. little brother was cornered in the chicken coop once by a mm-hmm. rooster. Like, they are very territorial. Yeah. I wonder if he was like, do you think he was like more cocky with his acrylic legs? Like, I get it. There's no stopping me. You think so? Like, he got a new pair of Reebok pumps? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just, yeah. Oh, boy. Feeling it. Now the so, cock of the walk. So, big boy. Mm-hmm. was started in 1936 in California and was at that time called Big Boy's Pantry. Yeah. So Big Boy the Restaurant, right? I feel like Big Boy the Restaurant doesn't get enough credit for being like one of the originals. It's got There's a lot of very interesting history, but it was way too much. I mean, much. McDonald's Big Mac sandwich is a ripoff of the Big Boy. Yeah. They admit it, and they, they got huge off of the Big Mac. Right. Meanwhile, Big Boy just kind of sits there in the corner of every sub, you know, every neighborhood. There's a big boy that you probably haven't been to in years. Right. If you can find them. They're 
very few and far between now. But Are they? I still see them around. Yeah. So the name and ownership changed a few times. And then in 1967, it was franchised. In 87, one of the larger franchise owners, Elias Brothers, mm-hmm. purchased the chain and moved the headquarters to Warren, Michigan. 87? Yes. Big Boy still has locations throughout the world, though not nearly as many as there used to be, with the majority being actually in Japan. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I'm saying. It's kind of silly. Yeah. So the Big Boy mascot, that's what this little story is about, Mm -hmm. was actually based on six-year-old Richard Woodruff. And the story goes that he walked into Bob's pantry as the owner was attempting to name his new hamburger. Look at this big boy right here. (laughs) This chubby little boy in checkered overalls. Right. The owner, his name was Bob Wyan, said, hello, big boy, to Richard, and the name stuck. So a caricature was drawn of the six-year-old, and the rest, as they say, is history. I used to love big boy when I was a kid. I had a big boy bank. Wow. You know, like like a piggy bank, but it was big boy. And uh, used to get the uh, Big Boy comic books that they'd give you when you ate there. They were a very child-friendly chain. They were. Except for the time I ordered a meal and it came with the salad bar. Mm -hmm. And I was too young to enjoy the salad bar. So my dad's like, hey, I'll take the salad. And then the waitress came over and yelled at us like, there's no sharing the salad bar. You're not allowed to share the salad bar. And yelled at us and tried to explain to him. It was really funny. The lady came over. She was forced to come over and apologize. Hello? Yes. She was forced to come over and apologize. And uh-huh. It was just one of the funniest things I've ever seen when I was a kid because she's standing there. She was, she did not want to apologize. She was pissed. Like this this whole thing just, you know, got out of control for some reason. And she's standing there. She's like, I, I'm sorry. I was. And then she just turned on her heels and left. Whoa. And then came back like five minutes later. I was like, I'm sorry I was wrong. And then left again. And it's like, this wasn't a big deal. Like, Weird. It was not a big deal. Yeah. You didn't have to be the the. the salad bar nazi yeah because a five-year-old wasn't going to eat the salad that that came with the meal right right it is not that serious right so since this is about weird michigan burial grounds and Mm -hmm. funerals and whatnot about a year after big boy declared bankruptcy which was in 2000 someone discovered a big boy graveyard near nagani michigan no kidding where at least three of the large statues had been dumped there wow can you imagine though you're just like walking through the woods like exploring and there's like three of these statues and the statues were huge they were anywhere between four and 16 feet tall wow so it's like you're just like that's creepy right yeah squid game (laughs) shit stuff stuff sorry so um basically following a blog post by the person who found them the statues have been removed so if you're out and about, you're probably not going to find them. But yeah, just yeah. very kind of eerie. It's just weird them. that somebody would dump those. Sta- I mean, again, they have had problems over the years of people uh, stealing the statues from in front of stores. Yeah. And, you know, what do you do with this? St- what do you do with it once you get it? Well, and the other thing That's about one of those things like you really want the statue, you steal it. And then you're like, holy shit, what am I going to like? I can't just put this in my yard and be like, yeah, I'm a big boy now. Right. That's just stolen property. Right. The the other interesting thing about the statues and like the signs and stuff was that so many of these restaurants already had the building, like, you know, the restaurant and the mm-hmm. statues out front and everything. And then stuff started being built up around them so much. And these giant statues became vision impairments, you know, yeah. and, and they started blocking stuff. So they actually made a lot of these restaurants tear them down because they were blocking, you know, views of the roads and stuff like that. They had a big problem in Canton with that uh, 
when they opened a big boy in there, the uh, city decided they're like, you can either have a sign or you can have a statue. Mm-hmm. You can't have both. That's actually, I believe that was on their Wiki- Wikipedia page yeah. um, about that. I remember specific. when I had, oh my God, that was the biggest news ever. It was a war. Yeah. It was like a civil war was about to break out. Yeah. You had your pro sign people. You had your pro statue people. And there were fist fights in the street. People were so upset about Man. this. Man, like, like the it was sharks like, and the jets. It, it was like a precursor to 2016 on the streets of Canton fighting over the big boy statue. Wow. I think like three people lost their lives over it. If I remember Man. correctly, it was horrible. That's crazy. And none of that happened. So. Right. Should probably put that out there since we're trying to push history here. Sure. Probably should acknowledge when we're making it up. <laughs> yeah. That was fake. So in 1978, under then Governor... William Milliken. Mm-hmm. There was a huge uproar Bill in Mill. Mayo, Michigan, regarding poisoned cows. Mm-hmm. So the story here goes that about three thousand five hundred cows were given cattle feed that had been accidentally tainted with polybrobinated biphenyl, which is an industrial flame retardant. That's uh, what's it? The, the um, um, PBCs? PBB. PBBs. Yeah. Somehow it was mixed in the cattle feed in 1973 mm-hmm. and given to the livestock. So then five years later in 1978, uh, Milliken rejected the demands of the protesters who wanted the cows to be burned and not buried. The cows were buried. And from what I understand, there's a pretty good chance that the bovine burial ground is now what is called Bull Gap. Mm-hmm. And it is used for off-road trail riding. Oh, cool. Imagine that. You're just sitting there uh, yeah, squealing your tires and just dig up some ribs. Yeah. Not only that, but again, diseased cows close to the water table. Mayo is a town built on tourism around the Osable River. Mm-hmm. So again, why are you putting these diseased bodies so close to the water table? Then again, I've seen some pretty diseased bodies on the Osable River. So yes, and what's very interesting about this story too is that there, so there were a ton of these cattle that ended up uh, tainted, and a bunch of them were actually buried in the Upper Peninsula, mm-hmm. and the state was like, well, we're going to bury these in Escota County. And they were like, you know, the people in Mayo were like, no, we're not, you're not doing that to us. Like people come here for, for vacation and they fill up their jugs. They fill up their jugs of water here because Mm -hmm. it's such good water. And now you're, you're potentially tainting the, the water supply as well as our soil and all of this other stuff. And what the scientists were saying was that there was such a minute amount of chemicals that it wouldn't cause any issues. But there are stories then also of people that were sick because of this. Right. And we know now that PBBs are forever chemicals. Right. So, And the other thing is that, you know, the state was basically like basically just saying, well, Ascoda at that time anyways, I don't know about today. But at the time, Ascoda County was their income level was like so low that it was the way that it was kind of presented was like, well, it doesn't matter because we're going to teach them math. Count the bodies as you drop them in the hole. Well, the thing is, is, it, you right. know, they were just kind of like, well, it doesn't treat them like garbage. Yeah. Because, right. Lower on the socioeconomic. Right. They were, like right. in the story, they were talking about how, you know, the majority of the of the residents, they were on welfare and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it was just kind of like. Uh, are you doing this because you don't care that, you know, because of the socioeconomic status? I'm just trying to think of the poker face of the truck driver driving all these dead, diseased cows up over the bridge. And when he's sitting there, you know, at the booth at the bridge, 
the poker face. Oh, I mean, yeah. you don't have to declare what you're hauling or anything. That's not like you're crossing into Canada, but right. still the fact that it's like, no, I've just got about a thousand dead cows I'm going to bury up just, here. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy to think that that's, you know. So, yeah, they they were all buried there. And, and I'm not sure exactly if that's where Bull Gap is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, you know, if you look at where the location was of the burial and you look at where the trails are now, it makes sense. Um, no, so the name, maybe that's where the name came. Right, from. exactly. Well, we had a gap. We filled it with some bulls. Exactly, and, and there are gap. photos of of these, you know, just giant holes, just full of cows, and it's yeah. like, oh my word, just absolutely insane. So that's the story of Bull Gap in Mayo, Michigan. And I'd like to say special thanks to my friend Megan for putting me onto that story because I was like, hey, does anybody have any weird burial stories? And she was like, well, funny you ask that. (laughs) So apparently when she was in college at Central Michigan, Mm -hmm. uh, she had a professor who talked about it. And back when she was in high school, she went there and kind of hung out and stuff. So she was like, oh, yeah, I know that place. So that's where the story came from. So thank you, Megan, for Mm -hmm. sharing that with me. And that's pretty much it for the burials. That's all that you got? You don't have all of them? You didn't get Little Jenny? No. Little Jenny? Okay. Now, this is I'm doing this from the top of my head. No research, because I didn't know that this was going to be the topic today. Mm -hmm. Little Jenny was a circus circus elephant. Oh, yes. I I forgot. I believe that was Little Jenny, who uh, died while performing in Pontiac. Mm -hmm. So they buried... Jeez, I always forget which mall it was. Does it... Summit Place. Okay, there was a mall. I think it's now torn down on uh, Telegraph and M59 area up in Waterford, Pontiac border. Yeah. Um, was that Summit Place? I think it may have been. Could be wrong. Anyway, that um, that mall was where the circus was being held. Mm-hmm. It's like a shrine circus. And little Jenny died. It's like 40 years old, died. And, you know, they got this big elephant that just died of poor health. They don't know what kind of disease it's got. They got to dispose of the body immediately. So what do they do? They get a uh, backhoe, dig a giant hole in the parking lot, have another elephant push the dead body of little Jenny into the hole, seal it up. Yeah. Forget about it for years until like decades later, I think around the time the mall was closing, mm-hmm. like, you know, in the uh, mid 2000s, like when, when everything really started declining at that mall and someone who, you know, just popped up in one of the local newspapers like oh by the way there's a dead elephant in the parking lot there here's a story about it yeah and that's when people started to holy cow there's a dead elephant yeah in the uh, parking lot of the summit place mall in waterford right so you had told me that story before mm-hmm. and a couple of months ago when i was you know scrolling facebook Somebody had posted a story saying that the same thing happened at the Lansing Mall. And I was like, wait a minute. But I can't find a single story about it happening at the Lansing Mall. Like, nothing. So it feels like one of those things where it's like, you know, one of those like urban legend. No, it really happened out there. There's photos of it. Right. No, I'm not not saying that it didn't happen in Pontiac. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that some people in Lansing seem to think that it happened there. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that it did. So, anyways, but yeah, those are the. Uh... Well, I have another good related story to that, but it's not about Michigan. Oh, it's well about then... Chicago, which is also a Great Lakes state. All right. There's a uh, just throwing it in as a bonus. There is a uh, a a place known as Showman's Rest, where again, this is you know over a hundred years ago or something, 
a traveling circus. And during those days, you know, circuses always traveled by rail, mm-hmm. train derailed, and like hundreds of circus performers all died in this spot, like near Chicago. And they just threw them all in a mass grave in the corner of a cemetery, of a suburban cemetery, like in the northwest suburbs. And it's just called uh, Showman's Rest. Are you serious? And it's just a mass grave for for circus people and carnies. Yeah, that's, but again, that's a that's a Chicago thing, and we haven't ventured out of Michigan yet. Yeah, so. that's a crazy story. Maybe next season we'll get into that. All right, maybe. Yeah. So that was uh, that's all the weird burials that I got for uh, for our state. So okay, cool, yeah. fantastic. I guess we're done fighting these microphones. Yeah, I think so. I uh, I've had enough. Okay. <laughs> so thank you again for joining me. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. I'm going to have uh, my friend Miranda on for next week, and then um, we'll see what happens after that. Who knows where the where the roads All will right. take the us. The audition for new co-host continues. Oh, anyways, so join us on social media. Uh, we are on Facebook and Instagram. We also were a part of Joy Road Media, also on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find other Joy Road Media shows on joyroadmedia.com we've finally got our website up and running you can sign up for our monthly newsletter on there you can see what else we have to offer you can uh you can send us an email tell us what you think whatever and if you're enjoying what we're doing please 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 like and share with a friend tell two friends that's what they always say tell two friends and and then it just carries on from there so tell two friends they'll tell two friends yeah oh that reminds me we have a new listener that posted on our facebook and said that he stumbled upon our our podcast he's listened to two episodes edmund fitzgerald and pere and he's really enjoying it uh his name is Corey. yay he said that there's just not enough podcasts that talk about michigan history and he he loves it so thanks Corey. hi Corey. we hope we can uh, bring even more history yeah doing a better job learning yeah. we're learning we're all doing it we're figuring it out yeah so thanks Corey. It was it's Thank nice you. to really nice to hear from from our listeners yes. so so anyways we're gonna get out of here before the uh before the wind knocks out our power and we will talk to you guys talk to you guys soon so text me when you get home all right adios drive safe bye